Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, you're a natural dog with Angela Ardolino, and today my guest is Ann Carlson from Jiminy's, and she's going to talk about insect protein and how, well, let's say cricket in specific and grubs and how their protein profiles and nutrient profiles are the same as like beef or chicken. It's an amazing conversation. Stay tuned so you can learn all about how these bugs can save the world. Hi, Anne. Thank you so much for being on today. I uh, I know everything about what you're doing, and I think it's freaking cool. And I think you identified a need in our industry and that you've taken the time to really figure out and make a difference. And that's really, really cool. Was that kind of your goal and intention this whole time? <laughs> well, you know, I, when I first started, it was really all about trying to make a difference around climate change. Uh, it was all coming out of a, yeah, well, it came out of conversation with my daughter where she told me she didn't want to have kids. And, you know, it was all about what the world would be like by the time they grew up. And I was like, well, what can I do? And because I had a background in pet, I, I realized that with the pets, we could make a big impact if we made some relatively minor changes. But there was a lot of science that had to go into it to to make sure that it was the right move for the pets. Well, I love that you're doing that because, you know, and there may be people who are going to freak out the moment they hear this, but... I feel like things are getting worse than better. We all, you know, in our little holistic community, we know kibble is shit. We know we're not feeding our dogs kibble. But now I feel like every time I turn around, there's a new dog food company and it's raw or gently cooked or whatever. And I'm like, this is getting worse. This isn't getting better. And, you know, people are so stuck on what we have to feed our animals that, you know, it has to be, they have to get their protein from another animal type of thing. And this whole, I'm, I'm a vegetarian and I have been for over 15, almost 20 years now. Gosh, wow, time flies. So I've heard all the <laughs> bullshit. I know all the stuff that goes on. You know, I've been discriminated against because I'm a freaky, you know, it's nice that it's not as crazy anymore, but God forbid you tell people that their dog could be a vegetarian or that their dog doesn't have to eat these dead animals. These dead, these are dead animals we're feeding our animals. <laughs> but everybody's okay with that. But God forbid you bring up something else. I, I can't remember if you're a vegetarian or not, but how often I get asked, how do I get my protein? So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because I just want people to understand that they're, that's not the end all. Getting their protein from another dead animal isn't the only way to get it. It is destroying our environment. It is the biggest contributor to climate change is factory farming. It doesn't serve anybody 
It doesn't serve our environment. It's not giving our pets what we need. It's not giving you what you need. You're literally eating tortured, chemical-filled animals, dead animals. So please be open-minded when we are going to talk about what we're going to talk about right now, because I think it's freaking cool. So tell them, man. Tell them what you do. I agree with you 100%. So, uh, so I make sustainable dog food and treats. And what makes it sustainable is instead of your traditional animal protein, the cows and the chickens, we are using insect protein. The dead cows and dead chickens. <laughs> right, exactly. I think, though, uh, one of the misconceptions is that this isn't meat. It's insect protein. And the, the protein itself is exactly the same as if you were to use cow or chicken. It's got all wow. of the essential amino acids, uh, same as those. It comes in the right quantities, so the dog is getting everything that he needs. And based on all the work that we've done, the studies, it's highly digestible. Not just digestible, highly digestible by the dogs. And that's just the start. That's just the protein. So from a protein-to-protein comparison... It's equivalent. Oh, that is awesome. But then it goes beyond because it's, it's got vitamins, minerals, fiber. The list kind of goes on and on. And, and that is what gets me super excited because now we're solving problems for the dogs. Dogs that have allergies, dogs that have chronic diarrhea, gut health issues, actually even mental acuity because it, it's a natural source of lauric acid. So awesome. all of these things uh, were able to solve by using the insect protein instead of your traditional animal protein. And I haven't even talked about the sustainability. And that's why you're doing it in the first place, which is so fantastic. Tell us about the sustainability because I don't think people understand. First of all, you're comparing what you're doing to farm-raised chickens and cows, not factory farm, which do not have the antioxidants or the omegas or all the nutrients that you think you're getting. So those of you that are feeding a food that is by a factory farmed animal, you're not getting those nutrients anyway. So don't bother. (laughs) But I know you know the statistics. Tell people what it takes to feed our animals these, you know, cows and chickens. A lot of times when I talk to people, I start out with the UCLA study that says uh, 30% of the environmental impact of meat consumption in the U.S. is due to our dogs and cats. It kind of frames wow. it up. Wow. You said 30%? Uh, 25 to 30% of the, wow. the environmental impact. And if you were to take the 163 million dogs and cats in the U.S. and gave them their own country, they would rank fifth worldwide in meat consumption. So more meat consumption than France. (laughs) So it it really is, it's a place that makes a lot of sense for us to focus on. There's huge impact to be made. And what I love about using the insects is that it really is sustainable. Less land, less water, almost no greenhouse gases. One of the examples I love to give is the land use. So If you have an acre of land and you put chickens on it, at the end of the year, you'll have 265 pounds of protein. But if you put crickets on that same land, at the end of the year, you'll have 65,000 pounds of protein. And if you put grubs or black soldier fly larvae, over a million. And there's so many reasons why. I mean, first of all, 
they're cold-blooded, so uh, what you feed them doesn't need to go into heating their body. It all goes into growth. They have short little lifespans, so you're raising multiple generations over the course of the year. You're raising them indoors in barns, so there's no contaminants coming in, and also nothing going out that's going to contaminate waterways. Uh, nice. But you can also go vertical. So, so think it's really an efficient use of the land. And I know dogs are going to eat it because I've watched my dogs eat bugs all the time. <laughs> so they must like it. Well, in the wild, they're hunting and foraging and insects are a significant part of the diet, both for dogs and for cats. Uh, so it's biologically appropriate as well. And those of you that are still not believing, you know, I don't, I don't know if you follow Rodney Habib, but he introduced us to um, the Guinness Book of World Records longest living dog in Portugal, who I think, gosh, I want to say 30, lived to 30. And so I wanted to see, of course, what did this dog eat? And this dog ate whatever his family ate, whatever he could find on their farm, leftovers, that type of thing. No kibble. And then when I went to look at how long other dogs lived, you know, what? how about the second longest living or the third longest living? Well, the third longest living dog is an Australian shepherd, and they were a vegetarian. So I think about this dog going out and probably finding it's because um, vegetables are protein, too. Oh, and I know we're going to bring this up because I heard you say this on another podcast. What does the cricket eat? What does the cow eat? What does the chicken eat? Where are they getting their nutrients? Talk about that. Well, I mean, crickets and are, you know, crickets and grubs are different. The crickets, uh, they eat sort of an alfalfa type diet and you put the right um, vitamins and minerals to make sure that they're getting everything that they need. And, you know, when you're raising them, it's, it's really quite humane. They're naturally swarming species. So they like to live together. And they actually call it free range within the barn because they have like little feeding stations that they can go up to and, and water. And then they, they create these things called cricket condos within it. It almost looks like egg, egg crates on top of each other. So they go up and they go down. The, the grubs are a little bit different. Grubs, uh, which are black soldier fly larvae, they are these incredible eating machines. And what we're able to feed them are pre-consumer uh, byproducts. So waste streams that are coming out of other CPG companies. So a lot of our, our grubs are actually coming from Kentucky and they're right near a bourbon manufacturer. So they're pulling the spent grains and the stillage from, from the bourbon there's also a Keebler plant down the way. They're pulling the dough from that that they can't use. They combine it with the right vitamins and minerals, and then that becomes the feed for the grubs. So this is what's really cool about that is it's uh, things that would have ended up in landfill are being used to feed the grubs and creating this wonderful protein source. So it's a great example of circular agriculture. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. 
CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. I have a question for you. Grubs, if you freeze dry them and then they get liquidified, they don't come back to life, do they? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, no. Because I just started cannot. feeding my chickens grubs and one, one thing I threw them into a little dish and then I looked down and there were millions of them on the thing. So it just so happened that they planted those mm. grubs right there. So I literally was scooping up the dirt because they were eating the grain that had fallen on the ground and got wet and whatever. So that's where they were laying the eggs and then eating. And I was like, this is weird. I've got dried ones in the dish and live ones on the ground. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if you've got some eggs. Oh, possible. Is this something that we can feed them, our dogs, every single day? Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about it. If the protein is absolutely equivalent to a chicken or a beef, it's, it's the same. It is absolutely the same. Like that is so hard for my brain to like comprehend. So how do you prove that? How do you, you just break it down in a lab and say, look, here it is. This is what you would get from the cow and this is what you get from the cricket. That's where we started. We started by breaking it down in the labs and, and you know, we, we would do batch analysis, uh, you know, and that, that's part of the process. We actually worked with the FDA when we first got started to say, what do we need to do to prove this out? And we actually adjusted our plan based on their feedback. Uh, we went through and did all of the batch analysis on both crickets and actually we're using grubs now as well. But then once you see it on paper, you can see that it has all the right nutrients, but there's always still a question as to whether or not the dogs can digest it. And we actually worked with Iowa State uh, to prove out that, that it was digestible with the dogs. And, and it was a pretty rigorous study. You started with four different diets, a control diet, and then graduated levels of inclusion on the insect protein, so 8, 16, 24. And since then, uh, there's been also a 30% study uh, that was done, and that one went on for six months, and the dogs thrive. And when you're doing it, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it because you you've got a vet who is doing vet checks on the dogs all the way throughout, doing blood work actually collecting their stool, analyzing their stool. And that's how you're able to actually identify whether or not it was digested. So the, uh, the work that's done with, the, you know, uh, on the, the backside <laughs> of, of what happens with the dogs. And then, you know, as we were doing that, we realized, you know, we had all of these dogs that we were going to be working with. And we had just seen a study that came out from, uh, it was University of Wisconsin, and they had done a study with humans where they were pointing at that the chitin, which is part of uh, the, the exoskeleton of the cricket, that it uh, it looked as if that was prebiotic. Yeah, that uh, not to interrupt you, but it's, it's called the same thing on a mushroom. It's called chitin on a mushroom also. Yeah. So I find it so interesting they call it on a cricket also. But then again, fungus is more like an animal than it is like a plant. Very true. And, and then also uh, shrimp. It's the same on shrimp as well uh, in, ah. in the uh, exoskeleton there. So chitin does the same thing in fungi. Tell people how to, does that feed our gut? Well, it, it actually ferments in the gut and it feeds the good bacteria that's in the gut. So yep. uh, we worked with a company called Animal Biome who are experts in that microbiome to identify what it was doing 
within the microbiome and it supports this healthy level of gut bacteria. One of the things that's really exciting is though that we this is this one was specifically with the grubs. It suppresses though the bad bacteria. So uh, there's a bacteria that's called, uh, I'm probably going to butcher the name a little bit, but uh, <laughs> Clostridium perfringens. And that's the one that uh, causes uh, diarrhea in the dogs. And when they're eating the insect protein, it's suppressed. I'm telling you, it's kind of like Mother Nature provided these amazing things that are complete, nutritious foods. Like it sounds, it sounds like you're telling, it's not just a great source of protein, it's a complete meal and a bug. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the benefits are so incredible when you start digging into it. Because, you know, I've talked about the prebiotics. It's great for dogs that have allergies. So really hypoallergenic. It actually has it improves the immune response of the dogs as well. And that one is that one is just so crazy. How's it do that? Well, <laughs> grubs ha- are a rich source of antimicrobial peptides. And, you know, if you think about them, where do you find them in nature? Well, you find them in really inhospitable places. So you find them in manure piles, rotting corpses, things like that, really terrible places. And as such, they've developed this incredible immune system within themselves. So the these antibiotics, antimicrobial peptides suppress the bacteria that can cause problems in the dogs. And what we've seen is that when the dog eats the insect protein, their immune system is improved. There was a study that was done. It was done outside the U.S. They wouldn't have allowed it here where they had a control diet and an insect diet. And they then, once they had the dogs on the diets, they introduced pathogens to the dogs. And the dogs that were on the control diet got sick, but the dogs that were on the insect protein diet, they, they were fine. They actually thrived. Because they're feeding the, the gut microbiome, which is responsible for our immune system and keeping us healthy. So that totally makes sense. So it's basically better than feeding a cow or a chicken because you're not having as many of the issues. Because even eating a cow is, well, I guess if you were to eat the cow fur, maybe, we would have a and the bones. We would have a complete meal. But other than that, I think it's pretty darn incredible that an insect can do this much. You must be thrilled with your findings. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. Honestly, when I first started, I was all in for the sustainability and really hopeful that it would be just a great protein source. But then, you know, as we've been uh, doing all of the work and the studies, we're just realizing more and more that it really is a superfood. And the protein, uh, just helping people understand from a protein perspective, it's equivalent, and then understanding that then it goes beyond. So the thing that's so exciting about it is from a consumer's perspective, they can feed their dog something that is sustainable, but also incredibly nutritious. There's no compromises. Uh, That is perfect. And this may be strange to us, but are in other countries, aren't they eating bugs and feeding bugs to their dogs? I know they're at least humans are consuming them. It's, it's only strange in the Western diet. There's over 2 billion people who insects are a normal part of their diet every day. And actually, the latest count I've seen is 2,111 different types of edible insects. That's amazing. At, to me, it, it makes sense. There's no harm 
nobody's uh, nobody's life is being cut short. You know, nobody's being held in cages and fed and antibiotics and, you know, everything at hormones and all of that. So to me, it completely makes sense. Even the insects get to live a really long life. You know, when you when you think about, you know, a chicken, uh, they're harvested 2% of their natural life. Cows, 10% of their natural life. It's, it's very sad. But the insects, the crickets, it's 70 to 80% of their natural life because uh, they, they, they fulfill their purpose in life, which is actually to mate and lay eggs, and then they're harvested. And then the, uh, the grubs, it's a little less because it's part of their, um, you're, you're harvesting before they become a fly, but it's still way longer than any of these other animals. Right. And if you love your dog, uh, how can you not love a pig and a, and a cow who, you know, just pick the fact that pigs are smarter than our dogs blows my mind. But yeah, I don't, to me, I don't see a difference, which is why I don't eat animals. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. It's not getting better. No, no. And I find it really interesting when somebody does meet an animal like that. Like, for instance, I'm a vegetarian, but my husband eats meat. But he recently met a pig and he no longer eats any pork. <laughs> because he was like, that is the nice, it's like a dog. <laughs> I know. I mean, because you see them. And I think a lot of us yeah, yeah. think that the cow is, you know, living its whole life out in a field, living its life, and that's not what happens. Or that the chicken's getting, no, they don't get to live. They don't even get to, to do anything. They're literally treated as objects. And that's not okay. And you can't be okay feeding your animal that, your dog that, or your cat that, because you can't tell me that a miserable tortured animal filled with chemicals is going to be healthy for your pet. Yeah. And and the thing that really uh, I think is the topper for me is the impact on climate right. uh, from raising these animals. It's, it really is terrible, uh, especially from a greenhouse gas perspective. And the insects, they generate almost no greenhouse gases. They don't burp. They don't fart. You know, it's just, it's a different kind of animal altogether. So, um, so I think that's important. And, and quite frankly, you know, with what we're seeing right now with the fires and the extreme weather, we really, we need to do something different. And we do. The way I look at this is if we can reduce the amount of land that we need to grow the protein that we need, uh, and the insects are a fantastic way to do that, we can reclaim land and we can plant trees. And, you know, the earth can heal itself, but we need to give it the chance to do that. And and can't we end world hunger? I mean... Actually, when I first got into this and I was trying to decide what kind of protein I would use, I, I looked at a lot of different types of protein. I looked at plant proteins. I looked at small animals because the smaller the animal, the smaller the carbon footprint. Then as I was doing this, I saw the UN study that said insects could be the answer to world hunger. And they were talking about human consumption. Uh, and that was what led me to like order some dry roasted crickets online and try them out with my dogs to see would my dogs even like it. And the thing that, that sold me was as soon as I started giving it to my dogs, they were drooling and following me around. They're like, oh, wow. this is great. And I was like, okay, we got something here. It's like a Cheeto. It's like a potato chip. <laughs> well, but, but, but healthy. With the protein. Yeah. The dogs just dig the protein. So how did it taste? I mean, I'm going to try one now. Yeah, I think it tastes great. Uh, I actually 
I probably would equate it to like a sunflower seed. That's that's the the flavor that I get. And I have to admit, the first time I did it, I, I closed my eyes and popped it in, and I was like, okay, I've done it. And then since then, though, I've tried all different kinds of insects, and and they all have very different flavors. And actually, they're they're all great. I, I gotta say, um, they're not. Once you get past that initial, ooh, this is scary it's then you just start to appreciate what it's bringing from a flavor perspective. Yep. I don't think it's any scarier than eating a dead animal that wanted to live. So I'd much rather eat the bug. <laughs> I get weirded out when I see people like bring a whole pig to a table. I'm like, Me oh, too. It, it looks, I'm like, that looks like this is just sad, you know, I know. I, for I know. me anyway. And we and now and you understand why they call it pork instead of a pig or beef instead of a cow so that we can disassociate it with that living, loving animal. So that makes sense. I loved this conversation. This was amazing. Um, Where can people get your food or find out more about it? Well, we're in independent pets uh, stores. And if it's not in yours, please ask for it. But you can find out more on our website. Uh, we're Jiminy's and it's J-I-M-I-N-Y-S dot com. Very cool. Thank you, Anne, for this enlightening conversation and changing the world. Good for you. I'm very happy that you're doing it. Thanks, Angela. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.